0: Well, good morning and happy Sabbath. And I will say, it's just like I tell my kids every morning, if it's raining, they're like, It's raining, Mom! We don't get to do anything! It's still a beautiful day because the Lord gave it to us and we're all here worshiping together. Amen. Before I go on with my sermon today, I want to invite us to bow our heads and pray as so we can invite the Holy Spirit in our midst today. Dear Heavenly Father, I... I want to thank you for this Sabbath day. I thank you for the blessings that you've already given us in your service. And I pray that you will be with us. We want to invite your Holy Spirit into our midst today. I pray that you will speak through me and that you will speak to every one of us as I speak today. Lord, it is not my message. It is yours. So I give it to you and I thank you and I praise you for this opportunity to share. Amen. So I'm sure there's probably some of you that are wondering... How in the world I got to be up here, um, preaching. Um, there's a little story behind it. Uh, it was almost a year ago. It was on Christmas Day. I was traveling with a very close friend of mine, <clears throat> and we were just kind of talking back and forth, and then all of a sudden she says, That she's going to take preaching classes that our pastor was leading out for his dissertation as he was getting his doctorate. And I was like, preaching classes? And she said, yeah, he's just asking different members of the church. And I prayed because I had been praying for some time that God would help me to be able to share the testimony he had given me in a more effective way. So I prayed, and I said, Lord, is this something you want me to do? And I was impressed ask him. So I, I just texted him right there and there, and I was like, Pastor, I want to take your class. He sends me back with a thumbs up. I'm in. And I was like, what did I just do? <laughs> now, I don't really consider myself a speaker. It's not my cup of tea, per se, if that's what you call it. But at this point I knew that God gave me something that I had to share. And I was like, if you're giving me the opportunity to learn how to share it, this this is what I must do. But you know, when what I've found is is if you open your hearts to God and you, He gives you something to share, He'll give you the opportunity that you need to be able to share it with others. So this is my very first time speaking in a congregation, and I am very glad to be able to do it in my home church. So just bear with me, please. And I want to thank Pastor Daniel and Christina for giving me the opportunity to do it. So today, what I want to talk to you about is how to walk on water. And some of you might ask, what do you mean exactly, walk on water? Well... I'm not talking about go walking out on the creek on water. I'm assuming you can say on top. But let me just explain by sharing an experience that is personal to me. You know, for those of you that know me pretty well, you know that I went through a divorce. Um, it's been almost four years ago. And it's for anybody who's been through a divorce or if you know someone that's been through a divorce, you know, it's a very painful and difficult experience. And for me, this has been one of the most ex- difficult experiences of my life. And I also had made the prayerful decision to fight for my marriage. Now, not everybody does that, and that's okay. But, and I want to also just add here, if someone is in a position where they're having getting divorced, you know, it's a physically abusive relationship, I don't advocate saying, you know, you can get out and you can pray for that. But I felt very impressed by God to stay. Um, I know a lot of people have asked and I wonder why in the world would God ask me to do such a thing, especially because I'm divorced now. And as you can see, I have a wonderful guy sitting right back there in the back that God's brought me. But God had several reasons why he did ask me to stay. Um, Honestly, my faith at that point was just very weak. And through this trial, he taught me so many valuable lessons. And that's what I'm going to talk to you about today. So another honesty moment before this happened, I could probably count the times on one to two hands how many times a day I prayed. And there was times I remember even wondering as a little girl, How do you pray without ceasing? I mean, I was a busy wife and a mother. I had three kids that were like six and under. How did I have time to pray without ceasing? How is that even possible? But during this trial, because, you know, it's a lot of time, it's a trial that would bring us to our knees, and they teach us how to pray, like, without ceasing. And that's how I learned how to constantly commune with our Savior. Because the thing is, the more you spend time with God, the more you crave spending time with God. He becomes your best friend. And you know, when you have that best friend, you just want to call him up and at any time, and you just say, talk to me. But sometimes our best friends are busy. They got their own lives. Well, God's not like that. And the more that we spend time through his word, the more that we pray with him, the more we want to spend time with him. And there was one morning, I remember just being in so much pain because it's very difficult to watch What happens in this? And I knew that I couldn't carry myself through these trials that I was going through. And he gave me, God gave me this powerful mind picture. This picture was me sitting in a boat. And I'm sitting on Jesus' lap. We're in the middle of a lake, and the waves are just crashing all about, threatening to tip us over. I'm sitting in Jesus' lap, and I'm holding on to him for dear life, and he reciprocates by holding me back. That carried me through my trials because he let me know he was carrying me through what I was going through. But at the same time, what I didn't realize yet was that this was the beginning of him teaching me how to walk on water. In faith. Now, I want to ask, don't answer out loud, but are you going through trials right now? Do you need to learn how to walk on water in faith? Well, I want to go through a powerful account in scripture of the life of Christ that shows us how we can do just that. I want you to, I want to ask you to turn with me to Matthew 14, 22 through 33. And again, that's Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 23. Before I get started, I kind of like to look at the previous background for just a moment. Um, Herod had just beheaded John the Baptist. And Christ had performed the miracle of the five loaves and two fishes and feeding thousands of pe- people. Powerful miracles. And through this miracle, Jesus' followers were determined to make Jesus their earthly king because they saw him to be their deliverer. And we'll start in verse 22. And straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side. And while he sent the mult- multitudes away, The commentaries have something to enlighten us on that. It says that Jesus had to remove the crowds before they forcefully tried to make him their earthly king. And if the crowd succeeded, it could bring Christ's ministry to a close. Because the crowd and his disciples were so adamant that he'd be king right away, he had to promptly send them away. Desire of Ages also enlightens that the disciples left discontent. They were angry that their desires weren't fulfilled and that Jesus wouldn't allow them to pronounce him as king. And if you move on to verse 23, it says, When he had sent the multitudes away, he went up to the mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with the waves, for the wind was contrary. And Desire of Ages alludes to the disciples being angry they Because they were angry, they delayed leaving when the master directed them to, and instead they stayed on the beach and they murmured or complained about how Jesus didn't allow them to make him their king. Their emotions were stirred up and discontentment arose because Jesus didn't allow them to do what they thought was right. All the miracles that Jesus had just done quickly left their minds. They wanted to make him their king now because he was supposed to be the deliverer, right? It also says that before they even made it out in the water, their hearts were already in troubled waters before the literal storm came upon the sea. Their sto- thoughts were stormy and unreasonable, and the Lord gave them something else to afflict their souls and occupy their minds. And I want you to listen to this. God often does this when men create burdens and troubles for themselves. You now, this statement ought to make us think because when we're going through storms in our lives, are we trying to take the lead instead of allowing God to take the lead? Because I know that in my life, there are times that it's a it can be a great temptation to rush ahead of God and do what I think is best instead of running to the master and asking him to show me the best way. When verse 25, it says, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. The disciples were afraid when they saw Jesus walking toward them. When the disciples saw him, they became afraid because they thought at first he was a spirit or a ghost. But as soon as Jesus heard their fears, he spoke unto them and he said, Be of good cheer, it is I, don't be afraid. So I'm going to ask you to kind of use your imagination here. Let's put ourselves in Peter's place. I can kind of see it now. You know, Peter and his bravery He sees Jesus out on the water and he says, all right, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come out on the water. I want to know. And, you know, so Jesus tells Peter, come on out. And I have to wonder if Peter wasn't a little maybe self-righteous or cocky and be like, hey, you guys, look at me now. I'm out walking out here in the water just like Jesus. I'm doing what he's doing. But in the middle of his self-confidence, he takes Jesus out or takes his eyes off of Jesus. If we go back to verse 30, it says, But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried saying, Lord, save me. You know, as the waves are crashing down on him and he's probably gasping for air because he's drowning. And he says, Lord, save me. I'm drowning over here. Come get me. And it says in verse 31, immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Now, perhaps that we can relate with Peter in many ways in this verse. Are there times that we become overzealous? We allow our confidence in our own abilities to cause us to make decisions without asking Christ to take the lead? Or maybe in our hesitant steps of attempting to walk out on water in our own trembling faith, we start to look at the issues that just seem insurmountable at times, and we lose the faith that we've been given. You see, that's how Satan tries to distract us, to get our eyes off of Jesus. And it's far too easy to look at the calamities and crisis As Satan throws our way than it is to keep our eyes fixed solely on Christ. But that's the challenge. How do we do that? We continue in our text. In verse 32, it says, When they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. And then they were in the ship, came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, you are the Son of God. Jesus calmed the storm. He took away their fears, their their self-righteousness and cockiness just vanishes, and they fall to their knees and they worship Him. You know, sometimes we fear, we tremble, and we can become too focused on what's going on in our lives and are out in this world because there's lots of stuff going on right now. You know, I fully believe that we are in the end of time. And I think that, you know, we're living in a time that Christ is really asking us to have the faith, to hang on to him, to solely look at him and put our faith in him so that we can make it through this time in this world. If we had chosen to trust in Jesus instead of drowning in our calamities and kept our eyes focused on him through the precious letter that he gave us, We don't have to be afraid of what's going on. That's powerful. We don't have to be afraid. Despite our trials, we can have faith that our Lord and Savior can give all of us, trusting he knows the beginning to the end, and he wants what's best for us. He just asks for us to believe him. Are you in a personal storm or crisis? You can keep your eyes on Christ, and you can walk on water, spiritually speaking, are there days that you feel like you're drowning? I know I have days where I feel like I'm drowning sometimes. But, you know, if we just fix our Lord, eyes on our Lord and Savior and Redeemer and spend time in the Word of God, spend time in prayer daily, this is how we focus on Him. He gave us precious truth in our in His Word that is not always taken full advantage of as we should. You know, Hebrews 12, 1-2 says, Wherefore, seeing we are all... That's keeping you from being able to walk on water. What weights are you holding on into on in your life? If we all ask Jesus to surrender whatever it is that's keeping our eyes off of Christ, He will deliver us and He will help us all to walk on water. As my trial continued on for many months, there were times that my faith did waver. When I allowed the waves of uncertainties that Satan threw my way to distract me, they would, they would seem to overcome me at times. But as I studied and I prayed and I grew in faith, I learned that when things weren't perfectly clear, or if I didn't understand at times why it seemed to get worse rather than better, to cling to the promises of God. And he carried me through. And as my faith grew stronger, he gave me another mind picture later on and he impressed me that he was going to teach me how to get out of that boat and he's going to teach me how to stand on water. And that's a scary thought if you're not holding on to Jesus for dear life. But this in turn taught me to trust him more as I continually learned and laid down my selfish desires that he really did want what was best for me. And a few minutes later, he, 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 you know, the thing is he desires what's best for all of us. I think a lot of times in our minds, we, we decide what's best for us. We think we know what's best for us. When in reality, Jesus is like, you know what? If you trust me, I'll show you what's best for you. And a few months later, he showed me another mind picture. And he said, he impressed me. I want to teach you how to walk on water. And ever since then, he has drawn me closer and closer to him in so many ways. And I can tell you right now, he's never let me go. I can't sit here and say that I've had the, this awesome gospel faith every single day. But I can say that every day he has picked me up and he's shown me where I need to go. And he's increased my faith. And because of that. I have to say, I'm so thankful he asked me to do the, one of the most difficult things I have ever gone through in my life. Because with, if I hadn't, if I hadn't have stayed, I don't know that I would have been able to say that I forgave him. I wouldn't know I'd been able to say that I would have the relationship with Christ that I have now. I'm thankful that he asked me to stay and do that. Well, my brothers and sisters have the trials that surrounded you caused you to take your eyes off Christ, or maybe everything's fine and going great, but you can feel Christ tugging your heart and asking you to spend more time with him, to surrender the distractions of this world and focus on him. I want to ask you if you can feel the Holy Spirit tugging at your heart today, don't let another moment go by. Don't let it pass. Invite Christ in because wherever you're at in your walk with Christ, ask him to help your faith grow daily. Take this opportunity right now. Ask him, what would you have me to surrender in my life? Because wherever you're at, he'll see you through and he too can teach each one of us how to walk on water in faith. Friends, if this is your desire to ask God to help your faith grow more than it has ever grown before, I invite you to... Raise your hand as we pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for you carry us through our trials, our burdens through this life, Father. I thank you, Father, that we have you, that we can lean and depend on, that you are with us every step of the way, that you never leave us or forsake us. And Lord, I pray as we surrender our lives to you again, that you will lead us and guide us with your Holy Spirit, and that we would surrender everything to you and do what you desire for us above all else. Amen.